Welcome to Beyond the Game, Wealth Mastery for Athletes. I'm your host, Chris Benson, joined by nine-year NFL vet, Alec Ogletree. Beyond the Game is a podcast where we will provide a playbook for financial growth, both on and off the field. Join us each week as we have an in-depth conversation with other professional athletes who've mastered the art of wealth creation. They're going to share their triumphs, setbacks, and maybe some lessons learned so you don't make the same mistakes. Join us. We think you're going to enjoy it. All right, guys, today on Beyond the Game, we had Mac Brown, not the ex-Texas football coach, but the NFL player. Mac grew up here in Georgia, played at University of Florida, and spent five years in the NFL. The three things that really stood out to me in Mac's interview was, number one, the man is back to school getting his PhD. He's going to be Dr. Brown in not too long. Just really uh, a grinder and very interested in continuing to improve himself. Uh, A lot of great knowledge there. Number two... He flips houses. He's uh, been a very successful real estate house flipper and uh, is now going into some larger developments. Great stories around that. And number three, I asked him if he had to be attacked and win a fight against either 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck, which did he choose? You'll find out in this next episode. Mac Brown, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Mac, I'm going to blow your mind with the first question of the day. If you were attacked by 100, you you were attacked by either, these are the choices you have, 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck, and they're going to kill you. So you have one, you you have to choose either or, and not only do I want to hear the either or, but why you would choose what you would choose. You got it? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'd rather be attacked by one horse-sized duck. Dude, that's like a dragon. Yeah, but for me, I'd rather get over it quick. What do you mean? You're just going to let it kill you? Yeah, I mean, if I got... That you're just giving up? That's a terrible answer. I don't want to die, but I'm saying if (laughs) if I get attacked, I'd rather let it get over with. One swallow, I'm done. But... You know, like um, 100 ducks, that size horse is the size of a duck? 100 horses that are the size, size of a duck. That's going to hurt. Well, it could. That's going to hurt. You got to have a strategy either way. This is How I think about it is 100 duck-sized horses are going to swarm you. And if they get you on the ground, then you get those little hoofs. That's why. And they stomp you. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One horse-sized duck feels like, but that's big. They're flying around. And that, I mean, that's like a flying dragon. But- Question is, can I get away from either or, or I won't get away? What do you mean? I, you tell me. Can you run away from a flying can, horse-sized duck? I believe I can. One, one-on-one, I mean, I, no matter how big or small they are, I'm going to get away. Well, a hundred of them? A hundred horses are fast. Like, they're, they're the same. It's still a horse. They're just small. But if it was only one, I'm good. But that's a duck. He can fly. All right, listen, we started beyond the game with a bang there. So, Mac, I appreciate you taking the time. Here's what I'd love to do today is just walk us through a little bit about playing career first, and then we'll transition to kind of where you are today. The the goal of these podcasts always is to walk away with a few lessons that 21-year-old Mac can take and apply to his life, right? And, you know, beyond the game is about creating this community where, where people can learn from others and their failures and their successes and hopefully apply that in their own lives. So, so walk me through, you grew up here in Georgia, you know, Alec, obviously, because you guys all came out basically the same time. Where'd you grow up? So I grew up between, um, Decatur and Stone Mountain. Okay. So I I was born in Decatur and I went to high school in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Okay. 
football forever since I you were played, little? Well, like I said again, so growing up, I thought I was Deion Sanders. So, like, <laughs> I have, like, primetime email, Yahoo. I have um, a baseball helmet, spray paint with primetime on it. So, I play baseball and, and football. Okay. High school. Um, when I got to high school, I started, like, dominating the game. Yeah. So, my dad was like, you know what? You can't keep doing two sports. You need to play, mm. you know, play football, run track, keep your speed up. So, he made me quit baseball. Well, ah, baseball was Dad. My, yeah, it was my first love, for sure. Did you have a shot? Um, You know what? At Reading High School, so if, if a lot of people that's watching this, if y'all familiar with Reading High School, okay, Reading is one of the top schools in the state for baseball. Okay, you know Brandon Phillips, PJ Phillips, they went to the major leagues. So um, I don't know if I had a shot in you know making it to the pros, but I, I'm pretty sure I could have went D one playing baseball. You still blame your dad for that? No, nah, I, nah, I don't blame. I would one. for sure. I'd be like that. <laughs> I could have. I told my mom I didn't make. The, I made the sixth grade basketball all star team, and they made me quit because I played hockey and basketball and both winter sports. Oh, winter sports, yeah. So my mom made me choose one, and I tell her today I was like. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> Steph Curry, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably know what the outcome is. All right, so grew up playing both sports. When did you know? Like, when did you know from an athletic standpoint, you know, you had a shot at either high-level collegiate play or, you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking Deion Sanders. Was there was there a moment, like, at a camp or a coach told you? I really found out in middle school. It was seventh grade, and um, we was playing this team called Old National. Okay. And I played at a park called Central the Cavs. Central the Cavs Jaguars put out over 75 professional athletes. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and during the before the game started, it was a big accident on the highway. Okay. So when we started the game, it was only four starters on offense. And it was just it's like four? It's four, no joke. Like so we had to put one of our linebackers at quarterback. So I remember in the huddle, I was telling my guys, I said, like, listen, this is seventh grade, though. Like, serious. I was like, listen. Long as long as I long as I get the ball, I, I keep us in the game. I said, just give me the ball. And I remember like the end of the first quarter, I dove for a first down and it was over four yards and I landed. Yeah. Like I dove from like second to six and I and I landed at a first down mark. And when I did that land after that, I was like, oh, this is different. You know, and this is the championship game. Next play I broke for 80. So for me, it was like in seventh grade, I knew because after the game, people started interviewing me. Fans in the stands like, hey, Mac, you amazing. Can you sign this? And I'm like, this is seventh grade. Mm. So I got a big article written up on me after my seventh grade season. And that's when I knew, like, I got a chance I could really play football at a big level. So so walk me through college recruiting. So um, as I'm assuming as you go from middle school into high school, you're starting to get those recruiting looks. Yeah, what Who who are you looking at? Like, where are the schools that you're looking at? So actually, you know, 10th grade, well, not 10th grade, my senior year, me and Alec, we had like a bond. We was like, you know, let's both go to Georgia. It was me, Alec, and this guy named Derek Rogers that went to Tennessee. Okay. We was like, we the top three guys in the state of Georgia. Let's go to Georgia together. So when I was going to recruit, I was looking at Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Okay. Those are my top five. Actually, my bad, not Tennessee. Um, yeah, Tennessee, but I had top six in Florida State. Okay. So, you know, my dad's from Gainesville. Well, he's from Ocala. So my dad wanted me to go to Gainesville. Dad ruined it again. Yeah, he wanted me to go to Gainesville bad. I won't lie to you. It was bad. Because I, I really wanted to go to Georgia at one time. Yeah. And I'm, But I'm thankful I went to Florida because of the relationships I built and just the networking and just the the games I played in with the Florida Gators. I love that I went to Florida. But and were you, were you still trying to go both ways in college too? You know what? Um, well, playing baseball? No, on um, both sides of the ball. Were you playing offense, defense too? No, or I, was just playing, running back? I was playing running back. Okay, in college. Got it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Back. I don't know if Deion Sanders, if that translated the whole way through. Oh no, nah, no. Nah. When I say Deion, I'm saying Deion far as like um, baseball and football. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. All right. So, you, so you go to Florida. You, you're you had a very successful career there. Nah, 
No? No. Why? What happened? So, see, this this is going to get deep right here. So, <laughs> I only scored a total of three touchdowns my whole college career. Wow. My freshman year, um, we had Urban Meyer. I was doing great with Urban Meyer. And after this season, remember Urban Meyer ended up retiring? Yeah. But you know what college football Health is? Health concerns. Yes. So, you know, college football is like whoever recruits you is who will play you. So, we got Will Mushroom came in. He, he was great, too. But just when he gets his recruits in, other recruits might not play as much, you know? So, it, when Mushroom came in, I didn't really play that much. And I ended up actually going to my sophomore year, my first year with Will Mushroom. I broke my leg. Okay. It took me off for two years. So, what Mushroom doing is... You know, looking at the players like who 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 I'm gonna use next year to be as a starter or put in rotation, I ain't have a chance because I'm balling this spring ball and I break my leg and put me out for two years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what my before thought. transfer portal? I mean, do you have a shot? Did you think about if we had a transfer portal, I would have left for sure. Yeah. But we didn't have a transfer portal. transfer portal. If I would have left, I'd have sit out a year or I would have had to go down division, maybe it's like HBCU or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, mentally tough to, oh, to stay tough. with it. So, so you stayed, so sophomore, junior year, you were hurt or right. recovering? Redshirt, well, I ended up redshirting at my freshman year because, um, I mean, let's talk. Let's talk. So so my freshman year, where Irv was telling all the guys that he he's going to step down. Yep. We ended up, like, getting injured that freshman year, right? So we ended up saving our freshman year. I played four games, but I'm getting my, I ended up getting my freshman year back. Oh, so got it. So next year coming in, I was With a, a eligibility. Yeah, yeah. So I was a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore, and I missed those two seasons. My rest of junior year, I led a team in rushing. But then my senior year, I got benched the whole season. Why? No clue. What? No clue. Who, who was running back then? <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had some great backs, though. We had Kevin Taylor. He was a great back. We had, um, you know, Kevin Taylor's Fred Taylor's son. Yeah. We had Matt Jones. He's a great back. And we had this guy named Adam Lane and a guy that's still playing pro ball, actually, named Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell especially plays with the Minnesota Vikings. But he was yeah, special. he's been around for a long time, yeah, right? Yeah, but, for, but I got benched my whole senior year. I don't, I ain't get no trouble. Just got benched. Ugh, mentally, that had to have been. Oh man, it was it was hard. It was hard. So so when did you know you had a shot at the pro level? I mean, with a college career like that, that's broken up that much. I guess such disjointed. You didn't you didn't follow a traditional path, right? Where you know yeah. you're coming out early, all American, right? Alex a good like Alec came out junior year uh, early, American. yeah, yeah. all American, right? Like so, you you had a different path to to pro ball, right? Yeah, but not only that path, just the mental capacity and the mental things I had to go through of seeing like Alec. I'm just like you said, Alec. Seeing Alec, a guy that you know you was compete with in high school on the top level. Yeah, both top players in the state. Or um, yeah, my, one of my close friends, Gary Peters. You know, we see these guys you competed with, and they're they're getting drafted and. They're getting the best agents looking at them. And then you see yourself, and you came out of the top guy in Georgia. And guys that was right under you getting recruited to go to the pros. Mm-hmm. And you don't have no statistics. I mean, you don't have no agents calling you. Agents that did call you, you call them back. They said they can't work with you because your, your draft grades don't look great. You don't like you have a career. Mm-hmm. Or in the meeting room, it might be jokes in the meeting room in college. Like, you know, you might have to get a job if because I don't see you doing it. So my thing was... If God gave me a plan when I was a young kid, make it to the pros, I'm making it to the pros. Mm. So after every game in college my senior year, when the guys that was in front of me playing running back position, those guys that I was cool with playing their positions, after the game ended, they went to their room and they probably went into the club that night. When I went back to my apartment, I put my cleats on, my shorts on, a hoodie on, and I worked out every Saturday. Mm. Every Saturday I worked out, you know, sand pit every Saturday. Huh. In the summertime before the season started, I was training with the track team. I run the track every Saturday because my game wasn't going to be the Saturday of the season. My game was going to be pro day of 2014, yeah. 2015. 
So I was preparing myself if anything bull crap was gonna happen that season. No matter what a coach could prevent me from playing, I make sure my body's gonna be ready for the season. So where's that come from? Where's that mentality? Is that was that instilled in you? Did you always have that? Or was that like always, a lesson learned? I always had it. You know, my dad was professional boxing. Okay. So he instilled it in me since I was a little kid. Like he always say, Hey, you the best I ever seen. You the best and over the years in college, when I wasn't playing and I lost my confidence, like even at night, sometimes I was crying, like, man, what's going on? How I'm this top guy and I'm not doing nothing, you know? And after so many nights, my dad was like, man, you still great. I'm like, dad, stop saying that. How am I great? Hmm. I don't have no stats. I have no touchdowns. Nobody saying my name. Nobody wearing my jersey at the game. No scouts are calling. I don't have no draft grade. So one night, what happened was I said, you know what? When I go back home to Atlanta, I'm going to go see my old park. That I played it. I'm gonna go to my old middle school where I played it. I'm gonna go to my old high school, the old stadiums where I broke records at. So one weekend I drove home, I started walking different turns, different grass fields, and I was praying. I said, God, I'm still great. I'm still great. And I remember I heard a word from me say, You are great. And that moment on, that's when I went to that summertime and I started grinding. <laughs> I started chopping out all the things I've been through. Like, okay, people said he's not good. People say he lost it. And remember this, I'm top guy for Georgia coming out. Yeah. Imagine people back home saying about me. Yeah, he's, he, he was just a, a good player in high school. You gotta go through all that. So, like, one thing I learned about Irvin Murray is he always hmm. say block the outside noise. So even now in life, I tell people block the outside noise and focus on with, what's within your heart. Whoever's in with me in the room, who's ever that, whoever, who's ever in that two foot box with me, yeah. and we all we all two feet in, in that one circle. If you two feet in, I'm two feet in. Wait, what's two feet? The the huddle. Two feet means just like I'm committed all the way. Huh. No matter if. Uh, Negatives come no matter what. Barriers might block your road. Two feet is I'm all the way in. One foot, one foot out, one, one foot in. That means you can get thrown off and get distracted easy. Yeah. Well, if my two feet is in, your two feet is in. That means I can ride with you. Mm. That means if I'm committed, you committed, mm. and we can't let each other go. So that moment on, when I went back home and I walked around my old high school, my old middle school, my old park, and old stadiums, I said, when I go back to school this whole summer, I'm literally going to train on the track every Saturday. And I'm going to train every day after the game, no matter if I play or not. And I got that's That was my journey. So so what brought, so pro day, what happened? I ran a 4-4-40. So guys I, opened up there. Eyes got, opened up there, right? I got one team that called me after the draft, and that was Houston, Texas. So wait, did you go Did you go through the combine or just get, just pro day at Florida? I didn't get invited to the combine. Huh. Just pro day. Pro day at Florida was my Dude, combine. so you had a big chip on your shoulder. Big chip. Yeah. Yeah, life, life, you know, from... Growing up and you going to high school, I thought life yeah. was going to be Excel. Yeah. Top player in yeah, Georgia. Yeah. Magazines. Then when I get to college, it went like this. <laughs> then it went back like this. Dude, good for you. Like mentally, that's such a, especially at the age you were at, right? You, you didn't have maturity and perspective yet. Nah. Right? It, I mean. It was tough, bro. It was tough. Yeah. Was and tough. You, you, I mean, you were built and you knew one thing, right? And, and you knew winning. winning built, and Built tough. Yeah. It's my foundation built tough. <laughs> good I for was, you. I wasn't built tough at the time, but over time, so many wounds came. I had to get scats, put bandies on it and keep rolling. <laughs> I became built tough over the process, but at the time I was hurt. That's a great. Oh, okay, so so you do get basically Houston Texans pick you up undrafted, right? Undrafted yeah. free agent. Two day two day trial. Okay, so how's that how's that work? So some of this I'm naive to too, right? I'm learning as as we've talked to more and more guys, like <laughs> what practice squad really means, what undrafted really means, and then then there's guys who are undrafted, and then there's another level, right? Oh yeah, first round, second round, third round. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what? So what's that look like? You go Houston calls you and says, "Hey, we want to come have you work out." Yeah, and that's your shot, basically. That's your shot. So it's called rookie mini camp, and rookie mini camp you have draft picks. That's free agent. Yep. We had the draft pick. That's rookies. 
you have mandatory free agents. Mandatory free agents are guys that could have been drafted, but that wasn't drafted. Okay. So already they're already on the 90-man roster. Yep. So they just in rookie mini camp to just let the coach see the odds, but they're going to be on the 90-man roster. So right now in rookie mini camp, you only got like three spots that you can make to be a part of 90-man. So Bill O'Brien was like, he told him guys, like guys that's mandatory, guys that's mini camp trials, this is our only shot. You got two days to do what you got to do. And it was two days I did what I had to do. I made guys miss. I scored touchdowns. And Bill O'Brien pulled me in his office like, hey, man, I didn't know who you was on our on our roster. He said, but everybody, and of course, they didn't know who you were. He said, I want to sign you to the 90-man roster. It's not, he said, it's, it's not me. This don't mean you made the team, but sure. it's, you're on the team now. And I remember I cried, called my mom and dad back home. I cried for like 10 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> but the journey's not done yet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's thing, a step. But it's a step, though, right? But the thing about this is, I, I feel like what God did for me was, Everything I've been through in college, all the wounds I got, the bandits that I put over the wounds, they got me prepared for my NFL journey. Mm. So it's nothing that can get me down. Yeah, you've you've already gra- you've I've already been through, been through already. the worst. Yeah. So what's next? That's why it is. Like, what's next? Like, yeah. yeah. All right. So you make the ninety man roster. Ninety man roster. Eventually, you make it to the the full roster. I got cut a month, initially. A month later. So, so, so cut meaning didn't make the practice squad, no. didn't make the 53 man roster. So, the practice squad didn't come just yet. Okay. So, we had a guy named Jeffrey Pagan. He got injured during OTAs. Okay. So, remember at the OTAs, so this is how football works. You got OTAs, yep. you go on for a little bit, then you have training camp. Yep. Training camp is where you make the team. Right. If you do good training camp, you make the either the uh, practice squad or you make the active roster. So, I got let go before training camp. So, but Bill O'Brien did tell my agent, like, hey, you know what? We got to let him go because one of our starters got hurt. We got to bring another defensive lineman in because people don't understand, like, the first guy, the last guy on an NFL roster, 90-man, is the first guy out if somebody get injured. Right. I was last man in. So I got, once the guy got injured, they had to bring another D-lineman in. Yep. So they sent me home and then Washington, Washington and Houston Texas called me for training camp. Got it. Yeah. And that's your shot to make practice squad yes. or a 53-man roster. And I, and I told him to go to Washington. Got it. And that's when they were still Redskins. Yes, sir. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Redskins. I, yeah, still the Redskins. Yeah. Okay, and what happened? So you obviously made the roster. Well, I balled. I balled in training camp. I mean, I, I, when I say ball, I didn't really ball. I, I had a decent training camp. I got a hit point in my um, third day training camp. So literally, I had to go do some crazy stuff. I mean, I was taking ibuprofen every ten minutes just to oh, get through training camp. In the last preseason game, I'm glad they, they should have cut me after the third preseason game. But they didn't cut me. They came in for the last preseason game. That's, that's all God. And I ended up scoring the touchdown in the last preseason game. And I ended up having like 80 yards rushing. But it was a decent game, but it wasn't a great game. But in their eyes, they're like, you know what, Matt, he really know the playbook. He was injured. So, you know, maybe let's cut him after the preseason and bring him back. So I guess that's what they were thinking. So I ended up getting released after preseason. But I came back in October. And in October, I was a different man. Why? I was scoring. Healthy. Every, I was scoring every play. Huh. Every time I touched the ball, I was scoring. Hmm. What was the difference? I was healthy. Yeah. And I was now I was focused on, I knew the playbook now because I had time to go learn the playbook. And I was training. I was training. Yeah. No money in my pocket. My dad was, we, we eating um, fried tilapia. I mean, not fried, I mean frozen tilapia. I was putting it in a little pot and boiling it. Because <laughs> I remember before I got called back, go back to Washington, my dad was like, you know what? You might need to get a job until somebody calls you because right now, you know, this is the way things is, you might have to get a job. And the next hour, somebody called me, so I was thankful. So you you came a different path than a lot of guys, right? Alex yeah. is a great example. He came out first-round draft pick. He yeah. gets a big signing bonus. Oh, it's amazing, bro. Yeah. So yeah. 
I, it's so fascinating to me, like where those things come from, right? Right, because that's just pure grind, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's pure grind, and and there's so many obstacles that are in front of you, and you got a one in a million. Well, maybe not one in a million chance, but it's the percentages are small. So I, I, I never seen a guy that didn't play the senior year that made it NFL roster. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the statistics on that, but it, it can't be too many. I think it's only like me and maybe two other people. That's yeah. how I feel, like seriously. And so so summarize kind of your NFL career for us, because you bounced around a little bit. It, it wasn't like you had this 10-year storied career. It, it was very similar to your college career, right? You jumped from spot to spot, well, you and know, you were you were fighting for inch, inches yeah, everywhere was, you went. Was, you're right. And you know what? Um, Actually, my pro career was more, I, I think it's more stable than my college career. I played five years pro, and people say the limited years you play in the pros is two. And I did five. I did three in Washington, team that three in Washington. Give me a shot. Yeah. And the thing about Washington is they ended up bringing me back. But the reason why my career got cut short, I got injured in in Minnesota. Okay. So I tore my I tore my uh, meniscus. Not meniscus, I tore my, my tendinosis tendon. It's a hamstring tendon, and I tore out the bone. And before I tore my tendon out the bone, I just got my biggest contract. And I was definitely going to make the 53-man roster because they wanted me like badly Minnesota wanted me to be the top three backs in rotation so I would have definitely got eight years in the league but but it happened all the time to people it's not an excuse yeah. if you get injured you get replaced but I mean playing five years I'm thankful I played three in Washington and I played um, one in Minnesota and I had one in Oakland Alec tells me all the time NFL stands for not for long not for long <laughs> but like like for me I got credit in seasons guys that got drafted first round they get more than three years I played more years than guys that went, they got drafted yeah and I beat out. I feel it. You're still proud of that. Yeah, I'm proud. Five, five years in, it's, 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 it's tough. And the thing about life is you use that milestone you accomplished to do more things. Hmm. NFL gave me opportunity to get a scholarship to go back to school to get my MBA, get my PhD. You know, so like I'm thankful for the NFL. NFL is a great organization and they gave me opportunity to play. And yeah. I played five years. So. I'm a huge believer that like everybody's right where they're supposed to be. Right. Right. And there's good and bad that happens, but yeah. it's it's part of your journey and right. those experiences that that's what makes you who you are. Right. And and it's hard to see sometimes when you're in it and you're getting crushed and kicked in the teeth. But that's that's who that's who you are supposed to be. That's the part that I think is is always interesting is people go through these hardships. But then when you have some perspective and you can look back and be like, oh, the reason I'm doing this is because I did that, that and that. Yeah. Yeah. So so talk me through kind of the money. Right. And beyond game, we're trying to teach some of the finance lessons. And and you weren't a guy who came in, you know, first round draft pick, big chunk of cash where all the time, I would imagine, until you got that first big contract, you were you were. Grinding, pinching pennies. Let me tell you, so my first, like, I never seen a big, big contract. Like a lot of guys, the first round picks are guys that got the multi-year contracts. My contract always was like, if you make the team. Mm-hmm. So I never got over 500000 Okay. You know, so like my first big deal for me was practice squad money. Yep. I mean, I'm getting 14000 every two weeks. That's a lot of money. I sure. never seen money like that before. The most money I seen was in college and I was getting Pell Grant. Pell Grant was 2400 a semester. Yeah. It was before NIL. Before NIL. And <laughs> like, you know, so like seeing $14,000 every two weeks was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the next year when I got the active roster, when I made the active roster team making 35 every two weeks, that's when the money, I'm like, wow, you know, this is a lot of money. But then you see another guy like the Sean Jackson contract, 335 every two weeks. You know, so now you're looking like, well, I need to get this. I need, how can I get that next contract? So but for me... So wait, you you get that first fourteen thousand dollars check, right? Mm-hmm. And 
what I understand is literally envelope in the locker. Unless, oh, yeah, even, even if you got direct deposit, you're getting the pay stuff in the locker. Yeah, pay stuff. So yeah. you open up the envelope. You've gone through the journey you've gone through to get to that point. What does that feel like? You open it up. You see the pay stub. I don't know if you had direct deposit or not, or maybe it's just a check. But you open it up, and you're like, I just got 14 grand. I did. What What does that feel like inside? I mean, is it like a validation? Like, how? just walk me through like that reaction, and then how, then what? And- for me, for me, it was like, uh, once I see my first check on Pratt Squad, it was definitely validation. And it just took me back to college. Hmm. Like, I ain't supposed to get this check. Yeah. Deep down in my heart, I knew I was supposed to get it, but I really ain't supposed to get this check. Like, I didn't play at all like that in college. So when I first got that check on practice squad, I was like, wow, I'm thankful. Mm. You know, um, but it's so interesting. Like your perspective is so different, right? Yeah. Because because of how you got to there. Yeah. Right. You're so grateful for that 14 grand where you, know, you could have been bitter, like looking at Deshaun Jackson across the, you oh, know, yeah, sitting on yeah. the other side of the locker room. It's it's just such a, a diverse thing. That's why I've asked Alec about a lot. Like, do you have this jealousy, envy between, you know, a quarterback? Hundred million con, right? <laughs> if uh, at Washington, who was there? Alex, Alex Smith. Well, I played him for one season, but we had Kirk Cousins. Oh, right. When Kirk was there for eight years, right? So he made big boy money at, at Washington. The last was, two years, he did. We had the franchise tag. Okay. Before that, I mean, he was a fifth round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a grinder too. He was a grinder. Yeah, he's good. Kirk was a grinder. I love Kirk. Kirk was a grinder, bro. So, so how did you think about it at that point? So now you got a little bit of stability. You can pay rent, eat groceries. You didn't have to eat frozen tilapia nah, every nah, night. No, 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 no. I was ready. I was, I was. But but what was the mindset at that point just from a money perspective? Like, how did you treat it? And and maybe a good place to start that conversation is how did you grow up? Like, how was money talked about? If I'm at the kitchen table with you and your parents, your dad, your brothers and sisters too? I have two sisters. Okay, so if you guys are at the table talking about money, like, what was the perception of it? We didn't talk about money growing up. Okay. Yeah, like, I didn't know nothing about financial literacy until, like, previously, hmm. over the last few years. Uh, we didn't talk about money. You know, growing up, we was just talking about fun things, like movies and hmm. keeping the family together. My parents got divorced, so other than, like, you know, you see your parents arguing and stuff like that or anything like that, or we just trying to, you know, make, men, make ends meet. That's yeah. the main thing we heard. We didn't really hear about money moving. We didn't hear about um, credit cards or debit cards, you know. Growing up my house, you hear about don't be in credit card debt. That's the only thing you hear, like, or it's not bad advice. That's yeah. good advice. So we never I never heard what a credit card could do for you. I never heard I never heard of like what can credit do for you to benefit you as a as a as a business. I never heard of LOCs growing up. I mean, I never hear anything until like the last three to four years, you know. Well, I, well, last six years. Yeah. yeah, since when I started playing football. All right. So then how did you know what to do with that money? Like, what was your mindset of, yeah, you I got to save and scrimp? Or were you thinking, hey, that next contract's right around the corner. I'm going to be good. You know what? I didn't really know what, what I was going to do with the money. I wasn't really spending because I'm not a guy that on that party. I'm not a guy that buy jewelry. I'm not buying all the clothes. I'm not. It's not me. I don't I don't go to clubs, really. I might go to club twice in, in two years. Yeah. So I wasn't, like, spending money like that. But the money I did spend on was, like, food. I love food. I love food. And um, my main thing was when I first got my first check, I was helping my family out. Mm. My main thing was like, they've been with me this whole time, going to all my games to help my family out. You know, me being 32 now, just my birthday was last Sunday. Me being 32 now, if I was 23 again, I'd tell myself, um, the money you're making on this roster, just use 10% of that. Pay mm-hmm. your pay your rent. Put money to real estate. Put money in bonds, you know. That's that's what I tell myself. I was younger, 
So, so maybe Mac put us back there, right? Your, your first practice squad contract. And even maybe as you go into first 53 man roster, you start to make a little bit of money or you're comfortable, right? You're paying for rent, you're paying for groceries, you're helping out your family. How did you think about like your longevity in the league? Like, did you think, Hey, I have a run here or was it always, I'm not sure where my next paycheck's coming from. I never, I never felt like I was longevity. If, for me, um, my first practice squad check was in October. That was my rookie year. Okay. Season ends in, what, December? So I maybe get, what, six practice squad checks? And then next, now you got January all the way through the summer to make the team. Remember, I'm the fifth guy on the roster. I'm in the fifth running back on the depth chart. So the next training camp, I'm the last guy going in in the preseason. So I got to make the team. Again, I got to go through the same process, but... By that time now, I have a little bit more money in my account. So now I can, you know, pay for my treatment. I can, you know, eat a little bit better, far as better nutrition. And I came in that preseason, and I led the whole preseason to rushing. And and that's how I made an active roster. Okay. But And that's still Washington. Washington, yeah. Yep. But they always tell you all the time, it's like, you don't have enough money to invest into different businesses right now. That's what it, that's the that's the myth. You don't have enough money to invest in businesses. So just save your money up and after the season, or maybe when you get your big game check, then you invest. But looking back at it now, me being 32, and I'm telling myself I was 21 or 23, that's false. You know, if you're making 35 to 40 grand every two weeks, you could take at least 6% of that money and put it into something. Mm. You could put, you know, in real estate wise, hard money loan. Hard money loan back then, you know, which you get um, maybe 8% interest, maybe one point. So maybe you need 20 grand to buy a house worth. $160,000. That's one, that's one check. Mm-hmm. You can do three checks like that. So I could have been purchased properties every check. You Were know? you thinking that way or that's just now you talking? Now I didn't know about that. I mm-hmm. always thought that you know, when you purchase a real estate property, you need the whole purchase price. You need 300000 or you need 200000 mm-hmm. And me only making four thirty, and at the tax I'm only bringing about one eighty to two hundred. How How can I do that? And I still got to help my family out. So I didn't have the financial literacy. I didn't know those avenues of how to obtain real estate properties. And like I said, again, being 32, I tell myself at 23 or 24, them checks I'm making 35 every two weeks, I could have been buying properties all over Georgia. Yeah, but but this is this is sort of the issue, right? And where beyond the game, this is why we're, we're doing it, is yeah, nobody knows, right? Nobody, unless, unless you have a mentor or a family or somebody who puts their arm around you and is is saying those things to you, right? You learn them eventually. Learn, but this yeah. is what Alec and I talk about all the time. Like NFL is the exact opposite of the real world. NFL guys make their money from 20 to 30 when they have no education, no experience really. And then they got to make that last, if you're successful at it, right. from 30 to 90, right? If you don't want to work. Well, yeah. and, and in our, in, in the real world for us normal people, right? We don't make any money from 20 to 30. And then maybe 30, 35, you start to figure out, oh, these are my earning years from 35 to 60, right? But then you have more experience. You got people around you that you can go tap into. And that's the challenge for, you know, for a lot of the athletes that we've talked to is they just don't know. You know, it's, it is challenging. I like what you just um, said just now, too. Your earnings can be between 30 and 65, right? So when an athlete finishes playing professional, a professional sport at age 28, 32, mm-hmm. what do their resume look like? Mm-hmm. Professional football? Football. You know, so like you don't have no internship. <laughs> um, with a lot of athletes, I mean, it's a lot of athletes that do get great education in college. They do have great degrees. But I know for me, they want you to stay eligible in college. So the degree I chose wasn't like a great degree. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So like if I want to go in a, in a 
corporate world, my degree can't get me a job. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I went back to school to get my MBA. So like now, if even if I do have my MBA now, you know, I got two MBAs, but I'm trying to compete with somebody like you that worked in maybe six different jobs. You have different certifications. Got experience. You got experience. So how can I get hired at 32 right now? And I don't have no experience. I got a degree, but I have no experience. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a it's a battle athlete's face. You can't find a job. Then if you didn't do right by investing, what do you go to next? So so looking back on it, right? Take take the MBA out. I, I do want to dig into that, like how you got to that path and and why you went down that path. But what what can you do as a pro athlete? I mean, I look at it and say, look, as a pro athlete, people want to know you. Yeah, definitely. Right. And and you can leverage that even though you're 23, 24, 25, but you know, you're surrounded by wealth, not only in the locker room, but there are people in and around the pro leagues at all levels, right? Is there something you could have done at that point to kind of leverage maybe some of the mentorship? Maybe it's in the locker room. Were there guys that you go to the locker room and be like, hey, what are you doing? As a guy that's trying to get the contract like Ogletree has, Alec has, it's like I'm not thinking about business at the time. I'm trying to see how can I get on his level. How can I get a multi-year contract? So mm-hmm. that's the distraction. That's the battle you go through in the locker room when you're a younger guy trying to get the million-dollar contract. You try to see how is he doing it? What is he doing in training? What is he eating? Mm-hmm. Who's he networking with? And how you said before, it is, it is a lot of connections. Because during the season, we got so many networking events on on um, Saturdays or off-season. And you could network with, like, um, Booz Allen and mm-hmm. EY, like, different companies. I remember these the corporate sponsors. Corporate sponsors. And I, I wish I would have did more of those, you know? Like, like externships after the season, internships. I wish I, I would have did more of those, like, to see exactly who's the guys, how they move their money. You know, for me, one guy that took me on this wing was Vernon Davis. I watched Vernon Davis my last two years with him, and he was like— Tight end, right? Tight end man, at man. Redskins? Yes. When I tell you, he's probably one of the most mobile, like, he's a philanthropist, I got to tell. He's acting. He got parking lots in D.C. He told me recently that he'd go to a convention in Vegas— and he, he, he bought, like, people that had snacks, right? Like, beef jerky. People that's been in beef jerky, and they sell it to stores later on. I think he bought one for, like, he put 75000 into it, and they got a price for, like, $5 million last year. It's nice. He made money from that. So, like, the connection with older guys is definitely beneficial for you. And just being in my shoes, I'm trying to stay on the team every week. Yeah. So my mindset, I'm like, I got to make the check the next week to help my family out. So that was, that was my mindset. Like, how can I make it past next Tuesday? You, you know how... Guys on the bubble is every Tuesday you got a guy work out in your position. So that's what I was worried about the whole time. And I always thought that I wish I knew more about how money moves. If, if somebody would have told me, like, I could use hard money or lines of credit or business credit to purchase homes instead of using all my capital to buy one, I would have I would have bought over 100 homes when I was playing. Hmm. And it cost 15 grand back then to purchase one property. You know? Yeah. So. So, so did you have a financial advisor uh, along the way? or what? I, I mean, I, my last year, my last two years playing, I was, I had one guy at UBS. I was going to work with him. That's when I started, you know, making that pivot in the NFL. I went from Washington. Now I'm second string on the depth chart going into Minnesota for my next season. And that's when I got my first financial advisor. So I got, I signed for $750,000. Um, but they told me if I do what I got to do that's, that preseason, seven fifty just to secure you now, I can get a two-year $8 million. So now all out of my advisors, agents calling me. I remember I, I talked to Drew Rosenhouse. Um, it was like one of their company. I was talking to different agents that hire agents now. Cause now I'm making more noise in the league. And I got hurt a week later. Ugh. So that put me back out there. I got hurt uh, April 18th. First day we got new turf in Minnesota. I tore my leg. My my clique got caught on the turf and it pulled my tendon. 
Same one, the hamstring. That's the, that's the hamstring that I was talking. Oh, that was that was same the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hurt that day, and 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 I really feel like that was my time to pivot. And like I'm about to first, I'm about to finally get my million dollar contract. Hmm. I said I'm about to finally get it, and that's when I had a financial advisor. But, but I ended up missing that season. I got a injury settlement. And I went home, so I never ever had a chance to make a lot of money in the mm-hmm. pro ball. So I started like that off season. Well, that's end of that season. That's when I started thinking about pivoting into a career. And so what's 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 that transition like? I mean, what were you thinking at that moment? Because that's that's a big injury to come back from. You know, there's probably less years ahead of you than there were behind. You know, than what yeah. you came from. I mean, you're what 27, 28 20, at that point. Twenty seven. Yeah, and for a running back, you're on the tail end. You owe twenty eight. You owe yeah. running back. You know, so for me, that all season, well, it was like winter. So I went home. I was like, I told my coach, I had to go home. I told my agent, like, listen, there's no reason me being Washington right now. There's no reason. I can't. I can't run. You know, I'm on practice squad, and I really could get healthy to, to run in practice. They want to activate me, but now mentally it's, it's, it's eating me alive now. I need to go home. So I went home, and I was like, you know what? I might have to retire. But in my heart, I said, you know what? Let me get one more chance. Hmm. So I went in my savings. This I had a lot of money saved up. I went in my savings, and I went all in. I was paying the doctors. I was paying about three grand a week on doctors. Trying to do like, what? Rehab? Rehab, yeah. Rehab, yeah. And I had a lot of money saved up. Three grand a week on doctors. I mean, massage therapists. I mean, IT, I mean, I mean, not IT, but I mean PT, um, dry needling. I'm flying different states to go get chiropractic work. I'm, I'm, I'm trying different diets out. And I finally went back old school training with my old, tra- old weight training coach. So all that money I spent on doctors, all I had to do was go back to my old trainer. Hmm. What he told me was, Mac, you're going to go through this pain. He said, you, it's going to hurt when you run. But what have you not been through this pain? Hmm. You, lost, you, lost, you lost your grandma. You lost... Your cousin, you lost a best friend. Whatever you not been through, this pain. He said, so whenever you run, think about those people that you lost. So that's when I started training old school. I mean, it's like Rocky. Rocky, like seriously. It's like Rocky, Rocky Four. And I spent, I, mean, I spent almost like eighty thousand dollars season for wow. nobody, no joke. I went to training camp with the Raiders, and I, and I bought a training camp, but I didn't make the team. I finished number three rushing the whole preseason. I didn't make the team on eighty percent. But I, I, I knew I should have made the team. But I think I didn't make the team because of the injury they seen on my mm-hmm. on my resume. But I bought that training camp. I bought that's when I seen you at training camp. You no, know, we had a joint practice. I seen Oak Alec out there. And I, I bought that training camp. I bought it out. But I went, I went all in. I said, if I'm gonna go all in, two feet in, let, let's do it. I'm gonna spend the money I got on my savings account. And that's what happened. But at the same time, I was I was already pivoting into real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in how did how did you come to real estate? Like who who taught you? Uh, late at night, it was like two in the morning, and I was on YouTube. I was <laughs> I was on YouTube typing in like real estate gurus, and this guy named Andrew Cordo came up on a real estate um, commercial, and, I was, and it's like I got a two day event coming up in Atlanta in Sandy Springs soon. So that was the owner of the commercial, like two day event. So I paid for the event. I went there, and he felt we felt he fell in love with what I had going on. So he he started mentoring me. He told me I need to do real estate, and ever since then, that's when I, I jumped in heavy. So what's that look like? What are you doing? Right now, I'm doing single family, um, doing single family homes. But single family for me, flipping flipping houses, that's real estate. But I think anybody could do that. You could be an athlete, still play ball, flipping homes. So I want to be really recognized as a real estate investor. So I went back to school to get my MBA in real estate development. So right now, I got my P&P certification, project management. I just sent in my paperwork to the 
Secretary of State to get my general contract license. So my goal, so I'm gonna, I want to have my PNP certification, my general contract license, and I got my MBA in real estate development. So I'm pivoting now. This whole year, after I sold my last two flips, properties in April and May, I took a break from real estate. I said, let me focus on getting my certifications, getting my, my license, and I want to pivot to February of 2024 and I'm start building. So I'm getting into building now. I want to, I want to do, a, I want to do some towns. That's my goal. Okay. Gotcha. Good so first, for you. So acquire some land and build towns. So did that, was that just, did someone say, hey, real estate's a great way to create wealth? Or where, where did that come from? Because if, if you didn't have it growing up or there's not somebody, I mean, it sounds like you guys went and did a uh, one of the courses, which is always good. I mean, look, some of those courses, they sell you a, you know, a, a grand dream and like everything, you know, there's no quick rich or get quick quit rich quick schemes like yeah. they don't work no. um so you know most people underestimate the amount of work going into it i mean y- you went all in again right that's that's the reoccurring theme with you is you're going to get your mba development right like you're you're not just tiptoeing into this stuff no, i can't tiptoe because like I, I got i applaud guys like you you know we play pro ball but i feel like people that really build their career from a young man to now another age I think it's amazing. Another age. No, that means I said that older, means older. old. No, that no, means no, no. old age. I, I get it. Age. That's okay. I miss another age. It's okay. Just though, as the older you get, you know, the more mature you, we we get as as men or women. You know, you see people the way how hard they work in corporate of like doing internships in college, doing externships, then working at this job as a salesman. Now they now they the project manager. Like it's a tough road. Football is if you are a great player, you get picked up. But the corporate is even harder. Than football. Because mm. one thing about I respect is if I do it again, would I choose football or would I choose going corporate? You know, I love the game of football, so I would choose football. But if I want to have a stable career, I'll choose corporate because corporate is in football, you make money in the short term. Mm. Corporate is you're going to keep making money the more you get on your resume, the more yeah. certifications you get, the more business owners you meet. So, like, that's why I tell people all the time it's like, listen, man, just because you're a millionaire playing professional football, don't look down on somebody making $300,000 a year because I guarantee you in three years, they make way more money than you make. Mm. They got way more investors than you have. And now they pivot and talk to different people at, at meetup spots. They go to different networking events and now they got investments. They got liquid. They have assets. Assets. You know, we just have money. You know, we, we buy no chains, buy no cars. You know, it's so like, I tell people all the time, like, use your resources. Really figure out what you want to do in life. Like, my thing is, reason why I got back, went back to get my MBA because I wanted to get my finance degree because mm. I wasn't good at math in high school and undergrad. So I wanted to prove to myself I could be good, great at math again. So mm. I, I got my MBA in real estate development because I love real estate, but I wanted to get my MBA in finance just to prove myself I can accomplish that goal. And now I'm getting my PhD. I just want to make my people proud to get a PhD. You're going to be a doctor? I mean, uh, I, got one, I got a year and a half left. Dr. Brown? Yeah, that'd be great. Good for you. What's a PhD in? Organization and management with a focus on leadership. So more consultant roles, effective leadership. How can I, if I talk to CEO at Bank of America, how can I make him an effective leader? How can I make him more effective and communicate to his employees? That's that's my, that's what I like doing now. Hmm. Yeah. Good for you, man. That's incredible. I mean, not only have you pivoted, but you pivoted big, right? MBA, going to get your PhD and, and chasing real estate's a great way to to do it. I, I think the, the the lesson for me, right, is, is just the consistency of how you approach things is going to be why you're successful moving forward, right? In in any aspect that you that you take, because to your point of 
I'm in the two foot circle. You, you get two feet in the circle, you're going. You gotta go. And and that's the piece. It's it's hard for people to understand that, right? Is the the same skill set that makes you elite athletes. And and look, some of it's God given, right? I could train really hard. I'm never going to run a four four. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so some of that's God given talent, but the work that you put in to achieve what you've achieved five years in the NFL is incredible, right? And that same thing translates to everything. You know, and and it's different, right? You may not be going in and, you know, training weights and um, running four or five hours a day, but it's the same thing. It's little nuancey things and improving on those things every day that you look back and you're like, oh, look, I chopped a little bit of wood for 20 years. Look at this big pile of wood I got behind me. And and that's what I applaud you, you know, people that started in corporate world or the success you have now, that's that wasn't overnight. Sure. You went through some heartbreaks. You went through some. Still. Yeah. <laughs> Still. And, and you look at things now, it's like, as an athlete, athletes got to understand, like, and the real world is, is right around. It's right around the corner. Yeah. So if you see somebody doing things that you might want to get into, talk to them. Mm. Shake their hand. A lot of times, a lot of athletes feel like, it's a lot of sharks out there. We got money. We, they, they want our true, money. True. But that's true, too. But it is true. But same time is, in the corporate world, it's a lot of business owners that can help you to be successful as you are at playing football. You can become a CEO of the company. You can become mm-hmm. a project manager. Project management, I think, um, salaries around 125 to 140. If you get a, if you know you get a couple more certifications with it, you make 160. You know, data science is another big thing that's blown up around the world now. Data science, data analytics, 165 to 175. Like, um, you know, coding is 165. It's like, it's so many jobs that you can get that you can pivot in. Or even if you are in um, private equity, Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, if you building the income up the, by both your family, you on the GP side, like you can make money in that. So like so many things you can pivot and make money from. And I think people just got to understand that like it's out there. If I put my pants on, you put your, we all put our pants on the same way. Why can I do the same thing you're doing? Yeah. But it's, for, it's foreign right now, but it is tough. And um, it is tough. But for me right now, I won't lie to you. After my last two properties this year, I just needed to take a break from the game. Um, that's why I said before, like flipping properties, it is good money, but in 2022, interest went from 3% to 8%. So I was using hard money. So I'm now paying $2,000 a month on one property. It's a heavy carry cost. $400 a month on another property. And I still got to take care of my family. So money keep accumulating. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So I say, you know what? Once I got these two properties, I'm going to take a break, but I'm not going to get out of it, but I'm going to come back with more weapons on me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like Batman, more gadgets. I'm going to come back with my GC license. I'm going to come back with my project management certification, I'm going to come back different. And I'm going to come back doing different things, real estate. Let me get creative. Instead of just flipping it, let me, let me refinance it and rent it out. Mm-hmm. Or instead of just doing a single family, let me do stack home. Let me do um, townhomes. Let me get two acres of land or four acres of land and let me build 24 townhomes. You know, There's a great quote that really influenced me, which was big deals and small deals are the same amount of work. You just make less money on small deals. I agree. Right? You're, you're putting in the same 60 hours, 40 hours a week, whatever it is. You're doing on a small project. You make small money. And, and look, there's risk associated with the larger projects. But, yeah. but, but you're spending the same amount of time, same amount of energy. Might as well do it on a big deal and make a big check on the back end. Right? And I think that's a big mindset, mindset shift for people. Like you talk about it. It's, it's. 
the willingness to be uncomfortable and jump into things where you don't know everything. I love what you said. But you're gonna you're gonna figure it out, right? There's no better way to learn things than get in the middle of it, and then you have to figure it out. You got to swim your way out, right? And you know those struggles are at all levels. I, Reliant is we're the 17th largest storage operator in the United States, right? It's huge, man. It's a big company. We well, we're a small company, but you know our portfolio is over a billion dollars. We screw stuff up all the time, and we're still putting ourselves in positions where we're like, well, we're not really sure how that's going to work out, but we, we know we have a skill set. We know we're going to work really hard. Once we're in it, we'll work our way through, and I think that's a big piece for a lot of people pivoting is just starting somewhere, getting in, and then saying, all right, I'll use those same skill sets that the reason I ran a 4440, you know, you put in the work, you can do that with almost anything. And I, I appreciate you by even saying what you just said. You probably didn't realize you said it, but... You say y'all a billion dollar portfolio, right? And I think a lot of small business owners should hear that. Y'all still making mistakes, but all the time figure it out. And you know, being a small small business owner, minority owner, you know, I feel like we make mistakes every day in my business. And I'm like, wow, what are we gonna do next to pivot from this? And here you say a billion dollar portfolio company performance, doing the same thing, y'all going through the same struggle. It's huge. We had 260 employees, and all we do all day is ever self storage. That's it. And we still screwed up yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it, there, there's, uh, do you ever read Shoe Dog, Phil I, Knight? No, I, I heard about it, but I never read it, not yet. So it's basically the story of Nike. It's an incredible book. But uh, essentially, what I took about it, like, they were right on the fringe of destruction, even after Jordan signed. Like, they were a real company. And they were almost not making payroll week to week. This was a real company. And, and then... I, basically the chapter in the book was, and then I took it public and I was, and Phil Knight's writing the book, right? So it's, I took it public and then I was worth 160 million bucks. But up until that point, they were grinding every week like they were, you know, a guy in a pizza shop, right? But it was Nike. And it was Nike that we knew, right? At that point, they they were a big brand, but it, it's never easy. Everybody only sees the, the outside and they're like, oh, look at that big company. Going Everything's going great. Well, yeah, that, but there's so much work that goes into that. And and it, that doesn't matter if you're flipping one or two houses or you're, you know, you're buying a $10 billion portfolio. There's so much work that the people inside are, are doing that. And it, I think it's important, like you said, to 22 year old you, that I wanted to circle back to that is those networking opportunities you have. You People want to be around professional athletes. And yes, are some of them sharks and probably have the wrong incentive? A hundred percent. But there's guys- Dude, that's definitely- and you, be, you should be able to realize what's going on after you get in contact and y'all talk a couple of times. You should know us a shark. Let me leave him alone. But at least had an opportunity to, to be able to realize who's a shark, who's not a shark. Yeah. You know, and as you said a few minutes ago about Nike, he was on the brink of feeling, you know. And that's why I told my partner, like, I got to take a break from my company for a while. You know, that's why I said I, I was focused on my education this year. So I took a, I took like four or five months without making no money, just savings. I had to pay my, you no know, pay bills on savings, right? Because what I wanted to do was I needed to learn all the risks that's involved in real estate. Being in my PhD, it make you think much more analytical about things, you know. So I wrote a paper on Bed Bath Beyond. Bed Bath Beyond was a giant retail store for years. The CEO did not pivot the e-commerce market. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stores like Walmart, and Amazon, turn them up in sales thing. Bed Bath Beyond was overpriced their items. You know, the e-commerce store was a performance. Now they went bankruptcy. Now all the stores closed. Bye bye babies closed. So I see, I see stores like that closed. Even now, I wrote a paper recently on Best Buy. Best Buy closed a lot of the large stores and they built a small location to be more innovational. 
So now I'm looking like, okay, if I'm in the real estate market, flipping properties, if I don't sell my property, I lose money. So um, if you do statistics on everything, newer homes sell 20% higher than a flip home, renovate a home. I need to build. If I build a house, it's probably going to sell before it's, it's finished getting built, right? Mm -hmm. Also, multifamily is much more money than single family. Sure. Commercial. So that's why I say, you know what? Let me take these five to six months and focus on all the risks, financial risks, you know, physical risks, yeah. mental risks. So that's why I want to do these last. And now I'm, I'm coming out now. Let me give you one more piece of advice and then we'll wrap this up. I appreciate you being so gracious with your time. Go find the company that you want to be like and go work for them for a couple of years, mm -hmm. right? Because you have a great resume. I mean, you could tell the story that you told us today about how you got to where you got. People are going to be compelled by that. Someone will give you a shot. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go develop multifamily, go work for the best multifamily developer in, in Atlanta. Spend a few years and dig in. Think of it as education. You're earning a salary, so maybe helps cover your, your you know, lifestyle costs. But it's like going back to college, right? It's when you have the ability to take that experience and then internalize it, you spend a few years and you're like, all right, I know how to do this now. And, and it takes it the risk level down another level. I agree. Because I agree. you can you can do yeah. it on somebody else's dime. Yeah. You know? I agree. That's why now, like I, I tell my guys, my team, like, I'm gonna just build a single family right now. But and it is crazy you say that I do want to work for a multi-family. I, I really want to build multi-family complex. I want to mm -hmm. build like hundred units. You know, I can get on the GB side and raise capital easy, but I really want to be the sign out front, like. That's the builder, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm getting my GC license and things like that. But getting my PMP certification is it gave me the chance to work for huge companies like you just named, like short construction, you know? Sure. But I'm going to continue to do my real estate because I'm flipping. Flipping is good money, you know? Sure. Or new single family homes, not too hard. As long as you got a good, you know, good builder and you got, you know, great guys that can move pretty fast, the team you trust is pretty easy. But doing multifamily, that's a whole different monster. And that's what I want to get into. So I'm going to continue my business, but I do want to work for multi-family as well. Because, like I said, I got 24 hours a day. I only sleep four hours a day. So see, I really got 16. You know, I'm ready to roll. Dude, you got to sleep more. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Sleep is your health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I mean, I sleep, eight. I mean, I sleep like, I sleep about, I sleep about six hours a day. Yeah, I sleep six. I sleep uh, six I'd be sure. a mess. When you get older, you'll see you'll have to sleep so more. I got 18 hours I'm working. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Mac, thank you so much. I appreciate you spending the time. Your story is incredible. And and look, don't don't lose what you've got, right? How, what got you to this exact point is going to get you to wherever you want to go. Sure, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you, everybody, taking the time. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Game. Please like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. It really helps others find the show. And a special shout out to Open Heart Media who helps with the production. Check them out at openheartmediaco.com.